everybody. Welcome to the 79th episode of the Manor Podcast. I'm your co-host, Roger Bodie, joined as always with my best friend and other co-host, Michael Hamilton. Michael, would you say that I love my son? Do you think I like being a father? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it firsthand a lot. You definitely enjoy spending time with your son and being his dad. I, <laughs> and you said so as well, but I, which also confirms it, but I've also seen it. So yes, I would say that. Okay. Just making sure <laughs> he is now at the stage where he is now interacting with other children and bringing home other children's strange sickness and diseases, and then giving me <coughs> uh, congestion and coughs and sicknesses from these other strange children. So I just needed a reminder that, you know, it's all worth it and that my sickness is not for nothing. So thank you. Uh, yeah, sure, I guess. Huh. Plus, it's better to get sick now, the week before the battle heart, and then to be sick the week of the battle heart. The calling. The calling. Yeah. Or calling. Yeah, calling. That's right. I'm all out of it. <laughs> so as usual, even pay less attention to my opinions and hot takes as normal as this episode. I was catching some flack on the LSS stream. I don't know. I shouldn't say maybe personally, but Brian and Craig Kremples were streaming together and they said, from now on, when everybody says hot takes, just assume the next words out of their mouths have the same meaning as I'm completely wrong here. <laughs> In hot take, I didn't appreciate that. Wow. I don't appreciate my hot takes being taken into question, Michael. <laughs> that, you, you know, I. That, that's really what they said. Just hot take equals I'm completely wrong here. Something along those lines. Yeah, it was. It was definitely like saying hot take means you're a big dum dum. Oh, I have hot takes too. Sometimes I feel like, but don't we all? That's what, that's part <laughs> of being human. To be human is to hot take. I feel like. It's part of the joy and experience of life. Sometimes you just have passion. A hot take is just like something that you don't agree with the majority on, right? That's what a hot take usually is. Or is that not a hot take? That could be a hot take. That's an example of a hot take. I thought a hot take was also a novel idea or uh, an idea that would upset some amount of people. Or yeah, novel, upset, or not agreement. I would say consider our hot takes. Okay. Enough, enough about hot takes. Let's. I'm sure we don't have any of those about the new heavy hitter set. Just nothing but cold, reasonable, level-headed, normal takes that we love everything about it and nothing overly positive or negative to say about the set one way or another. Just a nice, lukewarm takes. Yes? Um. So... <laughs> Michael, give me your mildest, most room temperature. So I have done one draft of heavy hitters now. One draft. So I have some very strong opinions. But my first opinion is I kind of miss being able to just like draft cards and make playables. I, I had three cracked bobbles in my deck in my first draft. In my first draft, I had no crack bobbles in my second draft i got to, i was like oh my jack's really good okay cool we're so we're, we're we're we wasted a couple picks but i think we're okay and then i went to look at my playables and i was like 29 actual playable cards in my deck and i was like uh-oh i have to register a crack bobble for the first time in my life here we are so i played a, a ko deck with a cracked bobble and i discarded a cracked bobble to uh rally the rear guard no better uh wild ride and it did not get go again 
<laughs> at least it was gone. And I, was, you know? and I was sad. Yeah. I, so I, I've been, I've been engaging with some, some other games, some, some drafting in other games like magic, even, even bright lights and flesh and blood where you don't, you don't really have to worry about playables so much. You know, you can kind of like hedge around, try to figure out what you're going to be. And then like, you'll, you'll just have enough cards as long as you figure out a decent lane. And man, having to play three crack bobbles in my deck because I spent a few picks taking some guardian cards. Cause I wasn't sure if I was supposed to be guardian or brute. That was, that was a uh, awakening. Not only that, but this is the first set where we've seen a return to things like rare weapons that are draftable, uh, and there's an increased amount of diversity for just equipment overall, I would say, in comparison to other sets. Mm-hmm. And trying to, like, if you draft a w- rare weapon and then your full equipment suite, that's like, I think you get nine total cards of not playable cards to take, like, cards so, that can't go in your deck. So... This this sets 14 card packs, right? Yeah. So you're going to draft a total of 42 cards. So if you pick one weapon and four equipment, that's five cards. So then you'll have 37 actual cards left over. So only seven of those cannot make it in your deck to end up with no crack bobbles. Gotcha. Okay. I knew the math was somewhere in there. I I, I was about to pull up my list, but thankfully I have Michael Hamilton on this podcast. So thank you. (laughs) Yeah. So it just really puts the pressure on immediately. And... I think one of the things I was looking forward to after a long time, because you couldn't even really stay super open in Outsiders. You could a little bit, but uh, I didn't draft Bright Lights very much, but it didn't feel like you could stay open for super long in that one either. Do you think Flesh and Blood just has an issue with like the card count limit that you just have to make a pick with like you just have to fall into a lane in your first four or five picks or you just have an unfunctional deck? I do think that the card count limit or the the packs so the main thing is the packs are so small, right? The you're getting mm. 42 total cards and 30 of them have to go in your deck plus equipment. So assuming you want four equipment that is for you, you have to spend 34 of your 42 picks on cards that you want to play. And if you compare that to something like magic i'm just going to magic because that's what i've been exposed to a lot magic you get three 15 card packs you take and sometimes that's a 16 card pack if there's a foil in it then right or no normally the foil takes the place of a common or something like that well well they stopped putting basic lands in most of their packs so it's 15 cards and they don't have basic lands so some of them did have basic lands so those would essentially be 14 card packs but Okay. You make a 40 card deck, but in Magic you get unlimited access to basic lands because you have to make you have to have lands in your deck to play your deck. Yeah, so you only have to have 23 playable. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of decks end up with 23 or even 22. I've had a lot of decks that just play 18 lands pretty happily. So that's 20, let's say 23. And 23 out of 45, that's like almost half of your picks can be cards that go into your sideboard or go unused because you're kind of like hedging around between what you want to play and getting unplayables at the end of the pack so comparing that to flesh and blood where 30 out of 42 actually 34 out of 42 assuming you get try to get your equipment that's you can you get so few wasted picks in this game and wasted or kind of hedging picks things like that so i think that just leads to the game being really on rails with your drafting you just like have to pick a lane really early and then you have to stay in it because if you switch well even if the next thing's open you probably still won't get their unplayables 
Yeah, I feel like the spicy decisions I'll make sometimes, it's like, ooh, do I want this? If I'm in Brute, it's like, do I want the Guardian Brute card or do I want the Warrior Brute card? Ooh, this is a really meaningful decision I'm making here. And it's like, okay. Yeah, there's definitely some interesting picks where like sometimes you'll take a card that's like not quite as strong as something else because it's what you need for your deck. Sometimes you'll take a blue two block over a premium. Maybe not premium, but a solid red card because, well, you have to make sure you get enough blues for your deck to function. You're really just like, you end up in a lane so early and then you just try to make the best deck of that. And I think that's kind of why forcing has been so common and prevalent in Flesh and Blood is because there's not really that much time to figure out what lane you're supposed to be in. And a lot of the time, even if you're not a forcer, like you're not trying to force something, like if your first pick... Your only four picks different. Yeah, yeah maybe your first two picks go together and now you're supposed to force whatever those... whatever hero those two picks go to basically so i will say in my last draft it was interesting that i did i uh, pack one picked one a miller's grindstone and i was like okay cool we got a miller's grindstone i'm gonna force guardian and i'm gonna try out this, Is that this rare one? yeah the okay. one that like the clash and you destroy if there's cost less or whatever mm-hmm. so you always get the card and i was like oh cool i'm excited to try this card out limited it's a rare uh, it's not going to table very often, I feel like, or it's not going to be passed very often. It's very powerful. Mm-hmm. This seems like a bomb. Pack one, pick one. Let's go Guardian. Boom. By, I did hedge uh, my next pick by taking, I think, uh, Rally the Rear Guard. And then my next three or four picks were like Brute Guardian cards. And then I was getting past like... Br- brute Bombs? Yeah, Brute. I, I think uh, Salt and Battery Red is like a bomb in brute right now it's a three cost three block beat chest when this attacks if you beat in chest this turn uh create an agility token sure so in ko it just uh gives you the agility token and the might token because of ko's ability and so you just get those two tokens for your beat chest and then that sets you up for your next turn to have that might and go again and then plus then you get to play the guardian chest off of that as well uh, which is the raw meat because it's going to get plus one from the agility and plus one from the might token. The, the at that chest. Point. Yeah, raw meat. Yeah, here we are with raw meats and vigor girths. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it is what it is. So you're getting f- basically what amounts to roughly three to four points of value off the card you're discarding that you get to float between turns and kind of use flexibly. And I think that card is really powerful for that reason. I've been really impressed with uh, Assault and Battery of, of any color. And what's nice is blue is five powered, so that also counts as a discard for KO as well. Yeah, yeah. The the blue, on top of just being a blue three block, it's also like reasonable to play. Yeah. Makes sense. And if you are fortunate enough to combine it with another beat chest card, then like you could get the double, the double block. Yeah, the, the non-attack action. Yeah. The... So like, uh, Bone Breaker Bellow is the name of the non-attack action, which costs one three-block non-attack action. Beat chest. Your next brood attack gets plus three. If you beat in chest, instead it gets plus five. So it's a nice combo there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've drafted a lot of brood so far because it seems to be open, which was not my intuition. I thought brute would be way overdrafted, but maybe it's just who I'm drafting with so far because apparently KO in the brute or. The brutes apparently KO is broken and sealed from what we saw in uh, the sealed play in Queenstown. Yeah, I I think it might be a little too early to draw like pretty big conclusions from that. Uh, we haven't gotten to play any sealed ourselves yet, but KO was. I, I pulled up the numbers. It was like there were fifteen more KOs than Kasai's and 
because I was second most played at in the 60s and then Betsy was the third most played at like 40 something so it was like definitely brute favored than warrior than uh, guardian which makes sense I think it's just so easy to get a KO pool because of KO's hero ability so you don't just need the six power attacks the fact that so many of the blues count towards your discard so the vast majority of cards in this set work for for brute work for KO's ability like Mm -hmm. it's I think it's like blue wild ride, obviously not attack actions, blue pack hunt. Yeah. And even blue pack blue hunt still fangs. blue block three. Yeah. But bear fangs and wild and that's ride. That's it. Blue oh, and blue, blue and blue beast mode doesn't work, but like. That's a okay. rare, right? Yeah. And it's not, it's like, it's blue supposed to be three. the reason to go into Reinar because if you've intimidated this turn, it gets plus an ability, but you know what? The real cool thing to do with it is there's just cards that naturally uh intimidate like rawhide rumble where if you beat chest when it attacks you intimidate them so most of the time you're just playing blue and your goal is to just uh play your rawhide rumble with the vigor token so it has go again and then play your beast mode and that's like the best way to play beast mode because i don't know why you should ever play reinar i don't i don't see it yeah so i guess we can kind of get into that now this seems like a good time i think KO's ability of just getting plus one power on your next turn whenever you discard a six, that's almost always going to be worth more than intimidating, unless your opponent's just trying to hard fatigue you from the start by blocking out. But I don't know if block out fatigue's a thing in this format. There's so many two blocks. There's a million two blocks. Yeah. And you also have three power weapons, which is hard to block out fatigue. Like, both Brutes and Guardians have a three power weapon. So, like, neither weapons favored in the fatigue race right so mm-hmm. uh and then warriors have a two power weapon that gets plus one if you block with an attack action also so like there's just not a lot of block out fatigue possibilities because the cards are going to be trading up on trading up on offense basically like if i play a five power thing you have to give me two cards yeah for one card Important. and like a really common thing that I could point to is since there's no blue sixes in Brute, they gave Guardian a new blue six, but didn't give Brutes any new blue sixes. Except for KO technically gets the blue sixes. So like a card like Agile Windup, right? So in red and blue, if you activate, or sorry, red and yellow, if you activate its ability, instant discards this trade an agility token. In Rhinar, what that amounts to is get an agility token, uh, intimidate your opponent, opponent one time, and that's it. That's what you get for the card. Right. If you pl- if you discard the yellow or the red in Rhinar, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. But if you discard the the blue in Rhinar, you just you just get the agility token, no extra benefit. Sorry, because <laughs> it has five power naturally. But mm-hmm. if you discard it in Ko, you get the might token. So it's just like he's limited on his resource base. He t- so he could technically play two claws because Rhinar does have a whole extra hand, but he can't play as many blues. And still consistently like do Reinar things. And it's just like I it's such a puzzle. Like I like I don't think there were any Reinars registered in the sealed play. Or maybe there was like five and they like almost kind of made it, but probably would have made it if they were playing KO. <laughs> I, I believe there were more than zero, but I don't have the exact number. And also like it being like pre pre-release weekend, like the, the week before pre-releases it's i just think that 
it wouldn't surprise me if people that registered Reinar would have just been better off registering KO. And yeah, I, I, I don't understand. I, I don't know why you would play Reinar in this format, honestly. Reinar doesn't look very good. Because his specialization helmet is, it's a battle-worn block one. So destroy this, draw a card, and then discard a random card, go again. But you're not going to have as many hits because you're not KO's plus one ability. And then you're, you got mini meat axe, which is uh, when you, th- this attacks, draw a card, and this draw a card. And this to me signals like, oh, okay, this kind of makes sense for a Reinar, but it's only three power and it's not giving you any extra buffs aside from the intimidate. So most of the time your opponent's just going to go, oh, okay, shrug, uh, I'll take three. And you still spent a card out of your deck to swing that three because you had to discard a card. Yeah. And, you you can play mini meat axe and ko as well if if you just get six you'll get your might yeah <laughs> wow uh i think mandible claw it's I, I i'm interested to try ball breaker ball breaker is probably really good in ko actually because uh a lot of the time you'll get go again off of vigor tokens i've agility been finding tokens. agility tokens sorry yeah vigors gives a resource that's the other thing that's like really hard for me to keep track of i don't know why quicken like encourage tokens like all the old tokens their names just instantly okay cool this quicken token go again courage token plus one uh frostbite token add one uh all these other tokens instantly registered maybe i'm just old now i get vigor agility and agility and might might I always know it's plus one, but vigor and agility. Because I'm like, oh, you got vigor. You, you're ready to go. You're full of vim and vigor. You're ready to go. You're ready to go again, right? You got vigor. No, you have you you have energy, but it's for a resource. It's like, oh, okay, 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 okay. And then agility is just like, oh, okay. I like that that clicks on me. So let's go again. But I I just think vigor and agility both are go again when only one of them is go again. I don't know. I'm old. Yeah, that, that's kind of like an age old thing in flesh and blood where resources and action points feel like they feel like the same thing. Like they're not, but like thematically, like what's the difference between resources and action points? That's a great question. Snapdragon scale. <laughs> shoes give you <laughs> shoes give you action points. Chests give you resources. That's the difference. But like, what is uh, the other yeah. like? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But I will say I've been having fun. The games are interesting. I think Warrior is very good for what it's worth as well. I I think it's been heavily drafted because people have kind of recognized that Warrior is very strong in in draft, at least. I I can see that not a lot of seal pools support it, but if you get a good seal pool, it makes sense that why Kasai was the second most played deck. Because let's say there's even, uh, you're playing into a, guardian like betsy and it's like oh aha here's my overpower and you're like okay well i can still block with my reactions like these <laughs> these three block reactions i i can still totally just block your overpower attack i win the wager i win yeah but again buddy sorry betsy yeah oh well and warrior has so many three blocks so many three blocks yeah i think warriors are the worst like the worst at threatening fatigue because their weapons baseline swing for two instead of three. So it's less risky to give them lots of three blocks, I guess. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, the warriors are strong. I've, I've, I've had the, I've missed the classic warrior gameplay that I haven't had it since welcome to Wraith, I guess. 
because Bolton didn't really do this. You never got this feeling it's Bolton where they just like swing a, a weapon attack at you and they have a card in Arsenal and they got like one or two resources floating. You're like, yes, I'm dead. I block. And they're like, yeah, you're, you're, you're dead. You're, you are at three life. You block for three. My thing goes to three. Here's this plus three. You're dead. And it's like, oh, I could have overblocked and died because then I'm just overblocking for no reason and fatiguing myself mm-hmm. or I could not block and die. So those are, those are really fun dynamic options you get in the end game with warrior sometimes. Fun dynamic options, huh? <laughs> Well, I mean, they also get the agility token or whatever too. If they, if you block with an attack, you know, got to make sure you re- remember your triggers as your right before your opponent goes to zero. You know, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> so, I I think the the two warriors, both mm-hmm. of them seem very solid to me. Like Olympia, just oh, that's his name, right? Olympia. Yeah, Olympia. Yeah, getting the the gold when you, whenever you win a wager, seems solid, and then. Kasai having her hero ability. I think, I guess I was kind of surprised that there was so much Kasai in Sealed compared to Olympia at the the calling. But I guess if in Sealed, you're probably going to have more yellows. I think in a lot of draft decks, you'll be a little bit lighter on yellows. So it might be a little Maybe. closer what hero you play. Because I think if you have more than 30 cards, the first cards you're cutting are almost always yellows. Yeah. I think... Uh... Olympia also needs a lot of the wager cards. So if you just don't get the wager cards, then it doesn't really make a lot of sense to play Olympia. Mm-hmm. But getting the gold is definitely uh, a powerful ability that mm-hmm. I think people were kind of sleeping on where people are like, okay, where's the gold payoff? Like there's going to be another card, like a cash-in or a thing. Like we saw that Majestic early, the double down that you could sacrifice a gold token in order instead of paying its casting cost uh, that helps you wager better but i think that's it is that well that and kasai's uh specialized sell swords yeah but if you're not playing olympia if you have the kasai specialization I think. <laughs> yeah yeah really it just plays really well with the uh rising card so you got like cards like rising energy where if you've drawn a card this turn this costs one less and there's just that whole rising cycle and yeah. i think those are actually pretty good I, I think those are actually the gold payoffs the i think the go again one especially i don't remember what it's called but it's two for rising five. speed yeah, yeah rising speed is very good if you draw a card it gets go again mm-hmm. the zealous belting of the sets <laughs> powerful yeah, yeah. Uh, and then there's also runner runner but uh that doesn't need that doesn't have anything to do with gold it's just if you controlled uh when it attacks if it has go again when it attacks if it has go again create an agility token so it like eats your agility token and then spits out another agility token ideally yeah i do think that card is good yeah it's, it's a majestic so yeah <laughs> it also blocks three it's a two for six that blocks three yeah it's a very good card take that card if you can mm-hmm. so let's talk about the disparity between the three tokens though so if you had to rank the power level of vigor might and Agility. Uh, agility. Yeah, I was getting there. I was getting there. <laughs> I totally knew agility. What's the power level between agility, vigor, and might then? What's the difference between them? So I think agility is just the best because agility very frequently lets you convert cards, like let you just play out your hand more, play more cards in your hand. Since so many of the cards in the set block for two, you would much rather be playing them on offense than defense. Agility just gives you the tools to do that more often. So um, although they are all technically worth one point of value because there's so many two blocks in the set because you have so many two blocks that you just rather attack with than block with, agility is really good. I think an example is a hand of one of the 
three for sevens that wages if you have sorry if you have two of those and then you have two blues and let's mm. say your whole hand blocks for two then if you have an agility token you can convert your hand into 14 points of value if you don't i've done that play that's just, that's a good play i yeah. love that play if you don't have an agility token now you're sending one three for seven and the other two cards you're either blocking for four with which is only getting three less points of value than you would with the agility token or blocking with the blue and arsenaling the other three for seven if your arsenal is available and then you're getting two points of value out of the blue and then you have hopefully this card in your arsenal is worth five points of value because that's the difference between what you would have had in the agility token which is it's not going to be especially if you don't have agilities to use it later because it's going to take your action point mm-hmm. but yeah so agility basically turns on it, it makes the bad hands a lot better and if you're if it's a good hand where you just have two three blocks of blue and the wage agility or wage whatever three for seven then the agility token is not going to be worth as much but it's still probably going to be worth as much as the might or the bigger token would be so i think the ceiling is way higher and the floor is around the same pretty close to the same um between might and vigor i think they're a lot closer it really depends on your hand a lot of the time when i'm building a limited deck i'm trying to make my decks so that uh my my I have resources to play the things. I'm looking for a lot of three costs. If I have a decent number of blues, if I don't have, if I'm short on blues, I'm looking to make sure my deck can function with just pitching a yellow on a lot of turns and not be, not put too many three costs in basically. And because of that, I think vigor is like hard to use. Sometimes it's good if you have like four cost things in a guardian deck, but I think vigor it's probably the weakest one. And then might is just consistently plus one. It's always going to be one point of value. The floor and the ceiling are about the same. Whereas bigger, mm-hmm. a lot of the time it's going to be worth basically nothing. And then sometimes it's going to be worth a whole card, which it's great because then you can block with that card for two or three, but usually it'll be, or a lot of the time it'll be worth nothing too. Yeah. I, I agree a hundred percent with your assessments worth agility. I think by far and away the best one might is good especially when you can start stacking multiple might tokens that additional power really starts stacking up for kind of pushing a lot of damage obviously but vigor it's very easy to just waste that resource on a lot of turns because if you don't have the go again from agility which you know if you're guardian you're not necessarily getting it's you could have a million floating resources if you don't have the action points to support it does it matter really i i just don't get it yeah yeah and i think that's honestly probably why we see brute as the most represented class is they have agility and might which i think are probably the two best tokens and yeah guardians are the worst because they have might and uh vigor which are not they don't get access to the best token no and carrying that line forward a little bit where the ideally vigor would allow you to like maybe block a little better because like okay i don't need to pitch maybe necessarily because my hands more freed up a little bit more dynamically i can block a little bit better like i can instead of pitching this extra card for my for my four cost or whatever i can now block with it and we're good to go but nothing blocks in this set (laughs) so black to block yeah there are a decent number of three blocks in uh, the class card. So if Guardian's a little underdrafted, you'll you'll get a chunk of three blocks. It's just like, sure. I guess like, ideally if, if you're all drafting in a reasonably like efficient way where everyone's drafting a hero that like it's like a three, three, two pod, then everyone should have a decent number of three blocks. But there are yeah. a lot of two blocks in the format. 
Yeah. I had an interesting pod where it was 4-2-2, and I was still reasonably happy with my KO deck. And there were four brutes. There were four brutes. Four KOs, two guardians, two uh, warriors. I I went 2-1 in that pod. I beat a guardian and warrior and lost to one of the, the brutes. Okay. So take that for what you will. Initially, I think a lot of pods are going to be two Guardians, three Warriors, and three Brutes. And I think the Guardians should be okay in that case. They have a lot of three blocks. I think like their Warrior matchup is kind of tough, but I actually think the Guardians line up pretty well against the Brutes if they get a good amount of three blocks. And then like you can kind of like Arsenal, one of the... One, one play pattern that came up and my one draft that I had was I didn't have an agility token and my opponent goes pitch a blue play one of the big guardian orders it gives your next attack plus four plus five and you can wager and I looked at my hand of four cards and no agility token I'm like how am I spending these four cards Mm -hmm. so guardians can kind of like punish you by doing that and then like it's it's really hard for these brute decks to spend their whole hand if they don't get a block with one of the cards sometimes have you ever seen an agility token so well, you know if your opponent has an agility token going into their turn, unless they have an agile yeah, windup specifically. Exactly, yeah. They have Which, an agile windup. Or sometimes there's blocking cards that will get it. I guess they're not guaranteed to get it, but like the clash with figures or things like that. Clash of agility. Sorry, they block with like a clash of agility. They yeah, win the clash. They then have the agility. Well, if, if you're letting them block, they aren't going to be stuck with a four-card hand. I'm saying you, you take a setup turn to just play the aura. Okay. And then you don't, you don't attack them that turn, so they can't use any of their cards to block. Okay. Okay. Maybe. But I, I don't think like like ideally you have a brute deck that if they if your opponent's taking a turn to just set up an aura, you're like, okay, I'll just take my cards and hit you with them. But a lot of the time it is kind of hard to spend a four card hand without an agility token. If you say so. I have not had that issue so far. Very rarely. Because of mechanics like beat chest, you have the wind ups that just let you do the thing. Uh you should have some amount of like non attack actions like uh lead with speed or even like uh lead with might. Not a lot of them, or the 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 one cost pump as well. And then, uh, if a really interesting thing is that once you've discarded one of those windups, the windups are just amazing in KO because you discard it, you get the agility and the might with the, with agile windup, and then your claws turned on. So then you get that going and attack that resourcing mm-hmm. to attack with, and then whatever you want to attack with. So that's an easy way to spend four card hand. You also have cards like um, Wild Ride, which are is that common? So like that's a very easy way to get go again. I just think their brutes are very very aggressive, and I think their hands play very fluidly in the gameplay that I've had so far. I've not really had the experience where like, oh man, I can't use all my cards come up in, in KO so far. It's a limited sample size. I'll, I'll give you that, but like, yeah, most of the time I'm just like, you give me space, okay? Here's twenty five damage. Okay, you mean more space? Here's another 20 damage. Yeah, that's that's fair. I, I do uh my experience is limited to my three cracked bobble KO deck. So <laughs> Yeah, if you have a lot of cracked bobbles in your deck, I can see how it's uh tough to use a four-card hand with uh three cracked bobbles in your deck. Yeah, so sure. so my uh I did win a game with that deck, so hell yeah, dude. Do you want to talk about the equipment a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I really like the equipment in the set. I have to say, there there are things about this set that I do really like. I like the equipment a lot. I think I think the equipment's very interesting. So it's interesting because there are on hits in the set. There's the whole wager mechanic where you want your equipment to block the wage things. If they're waging, that's when your equipment wants to jump out there and block. But all the equipment in the set, or 
the majority of the equipment in the set is conditional on when you can block with it or how much it blocks for. So mm-hmm. you talked about, I think raw meat, is that what it's called? Yeah. <laughs> Where it blocks for plus one if you have a might, it blocks for plus one if you have an agility and adds temper. So ideally you have two tokens with it, you block for two with it, and then you have two tokens again later and you block for one with it and you get three points of value out of your chest piece. That's great. But mm-hmm. maybe the turn your opponent wages with you, you got no tokens. You probably aren't, you aren't blocking with your raw meat if you got no tokens. <laughs> If you have one yeah. token, you could block if it's the difference between stopping a breakpoint and not. But um, so there's those equipment. I think each class has one that's for their two tokens. Is it a chest piece for all three of them? Uh, no, one's a chest piece. I know the warriors are gloves, and I don't know anything about guardian. Okay. Uh, guardians are legs. If you control a might and a vigor, and then they have they have leggies. Yeah, because they don't get the good legs that make a agility token. So okay, the good legs that make agility tokens. Yeah, the the card that I think I, I snap this off. Yeah, the flat trackers. Every time I see a flat trackers, I'm like, give me. It's the <laughs> it makes the best token, and it's in the two best classes. Easy take, please, please. Yeah. So there's the cycle of those that you can sacrifice to make a token, right? There's a is it a chest that makes a vigor, and the yeah. glo- the gloves make the might. Mm-hmm. That would make sense because it lines up with the resources too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's generic equipment that. You can only block with if you're lower life. I think there's one for each slot and they all block for... I love that equipment. Do they all block for two? They all block for one. They block for one, okay. Yeah, that's right. There's a hat that blocks for two if your opponent's only drawn a, only if your opponent's drawn a card that I was thinking of. Yeah, so there's the hat, chest, glove, legs, and there's also an offhand shield that's generic, uh, but KO can't run it. So the payoff for it, being Reinar is you can have one and, extra life. And you're never gonna play it over a saber if you're in Warrior. So yeah. uh it's there though. But uh, they all have the text where this toughness is equal to the number of opposing heroes with greater life than you. So if you're playing Ultimate Pit Fight, these can block for three potentially. That's pretty good. But in games of limited, they're going to block for one most of the time. And there's really interesting gameplay patterns where it happens with this, where you're doing the math and you're like, okay, I can do this wage thing right now. Okay, let's say my bonus hand has like one, two block and a three block. Can they, without giving me an extra card, can they come up with like an extra two points of value? Okay, they have ticket puncher and grandstand leg plates. Okay, I'm ahead of them right now, but I could take this damage, which will put me below them, which would turn off their equipment which then lets my attack go through. So like you're incentivized to like take damage to turn off your opponent's blocking capabilities on their equipment. I think it's just like a really fun and engaging play pattern. Mm-hmm. And like I've pretty happily gone to one sometimes when my opponent still has all of their like life equipment up and I'm like, hey, <laughs> can't get any value out of your equipment now, buddy. Who's laughing now that I'm at one? <laughs> oh, I died. Having having memories <laughs> having memories of my skull caps being turned off. Yeah, exactly. It's the same thing. Yeah. And then there's the uh adversity series, which is like you said, there's face adversity, which you can only block with if your opponent's drawn a card. Then there's adversity, which is you can only sacrifice it if they have destroyed a vigor this turn. So it's not make. So if your opponent like makes a vigor token, you still can't block with it. You gotta wait till the next turn. <laughs> in order to block with it and then you have adversity uh embrace adversity which are the gloves which might token and then overcome adversity which are probably the best of the series but all the legs in this set are very good so it has also a lot of room to compete with because it 
you can block with them when your opponent blocks uh, has destroyed an agility token, which if they're going wide and presenting a lot of attacks with their go again is when you want to be blocking with your equipment most of the time anyway. So mm-hmm. I like that one quite a bit. But Guardians already get the Temporary Legs, and Brutes and Warriors already get Flat Trackers. So I think they're probably the best of the series, but still not best in slot, I would say. Yeah, the competition is high. Yeah, for sure. And then I didn't know how to feel about the head. The, there's two more generic headpieces, which Glory Seeker and Sheltered Cove, which Glory Seeker is instant pay three draw card. And Shelter mm-hmm. Cove is instant pay three, destroy this, prevent the next two damage. And I remembered, you remember this little trick? Remember this little trick? You're on the draw and you got a bad mopey hand. You activate Helio's Miter. Mm-hmm. That's what these bad boys are for, baby. That's that's the real reason you play these in your deck. It's just like, oh man, I got like two yellows and two reds in my opening hand. And it's like, I can't spend it. I don't have any resource. I can't do anything. You just pitch those bad boys, set up a pitch stack <laughs> for second cycle, draw your new card, prevent your two, de- whatever, fix your, there's chef's kiss for that. So good. Yeah. And maybe sometimes you'll occasionally activate their other abilities for other reasons too. But I like them on yeah. turn zero. I, I do think the draw card one, it has synergies with the other cards that care about drawing a card. If you draw a card for sure. in your turn. The rising cards, yeah, for sure. I think overall they're probably worse than the hat that just blocks for one if you're lower than your opponent, but No, I think the block for one equipment is the worst equipment in the set. You think it's worse than the prevent two or draw a card for a blue or for yeah, Because the reason why I don't like the uh life equipment is that it gives your opponent agency in the ways that I just talked about, where uh they're almost like punisher chess pieces where like your opponent has a lot of leeway in deciding whether or not your equipment even gets to function this game sure sure so i i very heavily dislike them and most of the time when i like i just get an opportunity to block with them i'm just like please get please just let me get my one value out of my equipment you're you're ahead of me right now block 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 get out get out of here go yeah. go i i do think a lot of the time you shouldn't be catching them in as soon as you can but but Excited to delve more into it. Excited to learn more about it. Maybe I'll try learning how to play some Guardian. I think Victor has potential. I think a lot of people are really high on Betsy, but I honestly am more interested in Victor, Victor than Betsy in Limited. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think, um, so I guess the biggest reason you'd play Betsy is the common auras are commons. And sure. Uh, Victor doesn't really make good use of them, whereas Betsy kind of does. She's like pretty happy to wager because it turns on her ability. She can give it overpower and plus one for two extra resources, which is pretty good. Um, Victor, you really want to have at least one clash card that makes it gold. So uh, there's the Majestic, but the more likely one is the Test of Strength, I think it's called. Blocks for four, mm. you clash, the winner makes it gold. If you ever resolve that as Victor, you get a whole extra card, which is like... Hmm, Real great. good. Resolve Real that with the clash good. at least. Yeah, so. any ways that you can make gold, so like wage golds or money where your mouth is, anytime, like, like if you just have a reasonable amount of gold-making effects, I feel like he could, he's just a hero that can kind of spiral out of control with that value. Like, he just uses gold so well since he just immediately draws the card off the first one that's made a turn. So Yeah, just keep your arsenal open if you're going to be drawing a card on offense. Yeah, for sure. And Trounce is, like, especially disgusting in him if you could ever pull that off. It's a majestic still, but it's the block where uh, when it defends clash two times, if you win both clashes, you get a gold, a might, and a vigor token. So like yeah. you're drawing a card and you get the might. And you have a, it's just like it's so good. It's so good. 
So maybe he's a stacked in your favor deck, though. Maybe we're not trying stacked in your favor enough. I keep looking at stacked in your favor, and my eyes just kind of glaze over, and I'm like, who would for, play this card? For, for the audience, what does stacked in your favor do again? It's the <laughs> rare guardian aura with go again. Costs two, blocks for two, like all auras do now. And... <laughs> Your attack actions get plus three while defending. At the start of your turn, destroy this, draw a card, then put a card from your hand on top of your deck. Okay. Yeah. So the red one's plus three, the yellow one's plus two, the blue one's plus one. So I think the red one then, maybe you're just trying to supposed to, like, you just commit to Guardian, you draft really well, uh, and you actually get above 30 playables and you have some stacked in your favors, I think that could potentially be how a fatigue would potentially work. Sure, sure. It turns on the hammer, too. I'm not uh, abandoning hope on Guardian by any means. Because they do have some powerful stuff going on. Like, I really like the concuss, uh, where or like this whole cycle command respect, where if they have plus power, do this really powerful on hit. Now, those cards are all really good. Like, I get it. Like, sure. Like, you get those powerful effects... Because you, because the cards that use the might tokens are the best ones. Wow, who would have who would have thought that the good tokens go with the good cards to do the good effects? And then what synergizes <laughs> with the vigor token? Four costs. Okay, <laughs> what four costs? Uh, wallop? some guardian four costs. A wallop. A four costs. Yeah. A vanilla. You you're just two card. You're just two two for sevening. You you get to be a brute for the turn. You get to you get to pitch a blue and attack for seven, with no extra text. Could you imagine if you just got to like pitch one blue attack for seven and get upside on your attack stuff? That would be like. Phew. Could you imagine being in a class that did that, Michael? That would be like insane. That'd be way too good. You have to make them cost four to attack for seven, and then mid when you have the special token you do, then you can pitch one card, attack for seven with no extra benefits or anything like that. That's 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 where you're <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, sorry, I forgot. There's also colossal bearing where when you get it up to thirteen or more power, uh, when it hits a hero, destroy a piece of equipment they control with toughness one or less. Yeah, that one's pretty pretty rough. Yeah. So yeah, guess we'll guess we'll see. Excited for Hartford. See everybody there. Yeah. Have you done? done we we can talk more about constructed next week. But have you played any constructed games? I'll I'll drop this little teaser here at the end. A little bit. I've been working on Kasai a little bit. I think she's very interesting. I think she could be potentially pretty good, but I'm not sure yet. I'm actually also interested in basically every warrior in CC right now, except Olympia. He's kind of dead to me. Okay, but <laughs> I'm interested in a warrior. Yeah, one, you're always interested in Bolton. <laughs> yeah, I think he's the best deck now. The best deck. I think he's. I think he's the deck for Pro Tour three. I'm getting close to my locking into my eighty. I think and I'm going to post a PT three was like, or uh, PT LA. Yeah, yeah, LA PT four. Right. So you're getting close to locking in your eighty. Yeah. I don't even know what class I'm playing. Like, uh, I'm just taking my battle hardened list and changing. Like maybe like ten cards based on some of the changes you get in heavy hitters, yeah. like uh, take it on the chin. Uh, I think is really interesting because remember when I was talking about like, well, maybe I'll play Oasis Respite mm-hmm. uh, if I want to play around Pummel and CNC a little bit better. But take it on the chin being the instant prevention effect, giving me kind of flexibility like that, as well as if I go back to a radiant piece of equipment, 
that then becomes the four extra instant prevent effect damage that I need after blocking for six on a command and conquer to play around a pummel. And that play pattern sounds really interesting to me, especially considering then I get the vigor token. So then I get to come in with like my engulfing agility light. token. Agility token. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid tokens. Yeah. I get the agility token, so then my stupid engulfing light has go again. Boom, easy, we did it. And then I get to charge it and then attack with my raid. Like it's just it's just a good, clean, clean value. And that card seems really interesting to me. Yeah, we talked about agility tokens being good and plummeted. I think take it on the chin is going to be a constructed star because you can like sit on it until you need the agility token, or your opponent plays a reaction and you just take it on the chin, get your agility token when you want it, and then boom. I think the more proactive agility token makers are going to be reasonably worse because right. you don't know. Like you, you play it one turn, the next turn you're like, hopefully I really want this agility token. I think they'll be fine. I think they, some of them will probably see play, but I think take it on the chin is definitely the best agility token maker in my opinion. Maybe runner runner. Runner runner is very good. Yeah, because it only needs to have the go again. It doesn't need to have destroyed an agility token on the effect to go. Mm-hmm. Um, runner runner is interesting, but yeah, take it on the chin is definitely a card I'm super interested in. Plus, agility tokens, it's funny how good all the tokens are, agility token is in uh, limited, but I've had really, I, I tried a more heavier agility token focus just to like get some play with the cards, just try to see like how it feels making these tokens and constructed. Mm-hmm. And they're beautifully designed when compared to a quicken because let's say I make the vigor token and then I draw my mopey bolt in hand and then I can't really do anything with the go again. Like, I just I play my engulfing light, then it gets go again that turn. Like, okay, I can't I can't do anything. Yeah. Whereas a quicken token, I can kind of wait to like do the thing and then do get the extra value after that because I'm not. It's not just that one cycle use. I think the one turn they destroy go away on the tokens was really clean. I think that's a really good play pattern for these tokens compared to the old ones. Yeah, that that makes sense to me. I I do think the agility tokens. The main place I'm excited to play around with agility tokens is actually in Dorinthia. I think like her having like unconditional go again, like she's already been playing cards like spoils of war and even like hit and run and stuff. These cards that are not very efficient as ways to get go again that because there's not really that many good go again enablers. And then like, if you play, if you have an agility token, it's not like warriors valor where you like need to hit to have your go again. You can play. If you have an agility token, you can attack with the Dawn blade. If they block it, you're like, okay, here's a command and conquer. Yeah. I guess the really subtle thing about the templating and all the new warrior cards that I love, I think it's, I think it's, I wish, I wish all warrior cards always would have been designed like this is all the old warrior cards target weapons. They're like your tar- next weapon attack gets plus three. Your next weapon attack gets go again. If you've attacked with a weapon, do the thing and weapon, 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 weapon. And Bolton's over here going like, I guess I'll play engulfing light. I don't really talk my weapon that often. It's like, okay. But now <laughs> all of them say your next warrior attack and now yeah. they all pump your attack actions that they want to put in Warrior now. So now Kasai's little tokeny dues can get the the benefit of these pumps or these actions. Or Olympias can get the benefits of these benefits or effects. And it's just like the, that design space is just so much leaves so much room for flexibility within the class that they don't just have to be weapon, 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 like all the time. I love yeah. it. It's so good. It's part of the reason why I'm also super excited for Bolton because he gets all these new things that can target his stupid little doofy attacks. Sick. Yeah. And I think if you look at the equipment suites in the game, I think the best heroes are usually the heroes that have the best equipment. I think that's the only reason Guardian is like func- functional after Oldheim rotated is Bravo still had a very strong equipment suite. Mm-hmm. Warriors equipment suites looking real good. Yeah. 
hot streak, opening up all kinds of new combo lines where um, since it just gets go again for the whole turn, if your opponent's blocked with it, if would you try to combo it, if you lead with it and your opponent tries to like, aha, I'm going to block the combo out. They already, it was hard to do with uh, attacks, but it was still doable sometimes. Mm-hmm. Not anymore, not on that hot streak. And I kind of sort of want to try maybe uh, the two block, like the, the 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 parrying blade or whatever. I think, and like to a matchup like Dorinthia, not Dorinthia, uh, Azalea, that could be interesting. So maybe like post-combo, uh, if you use it to combo, then you could then try to like block if they present an on hit because you don't really need both sabers post combo most of the time anyways. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a cuter idea. And I think it's more niche in terms of its application. But I'm I'm glad they exist. They're sweet. I need to read what parrying blade does also. <laughs> uh I believe it's just uh or parry blade. Once per turn, attack, cost one. Uh gets oh it's plus two while defending a weapon attack. Uh, okay, so it, it does not it does not help you block out Azalea. Oh, you can't parry an arrow. Maybe you can't. You got to work <laughs> in your swordsmanship, buddy. I can. She's like, I'm shooting you with a sleep dart. And you're like, like I've seen Star throw Wars. This, throw the sword away. Jedi can parry lightning or laser bolts. You know. If, if 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 Qui-Gon Jinn can parry a stormtrooper's bolty do, you know, Bolton should be able to parry Azalea's arrow. You know, it's okay. just it's just a okay. one for one clean example. Yep. Checks out. So I think uh I'm not very excited about Guardian and CC. I think like Bravo got a new blue six, so goodbye, Boulder Drop. Hell Hello, yeah. Dromai unplayable Ooh. confirmed. We did it. Get out of here, Dromai. <laughs> See Zealous you later. was a little bit better. We can finally cut this blue disable from our, de- or yellow disable from our deck. So that's great. Good news for Bravo. Um, the clash cards seem okay. I don't know if you'll play any of them because they, they're competing with sync below and fate for scene, which are quite good and being able to arsenal your defensive cards. Pretty. That's important. a, that's a future conversation. We'll get into that one. I got some, uh, some hot takes about the <laughs> block arts. Let me tell you, buddy. All right. Uh, I think, I don't know if Betsy's got what it takes. She might. There's some exploring there to, to do there. Victor's pretty cool. He might do things. I think the new brew, I think KO is real though. That's what everybody's been saying. I'm excited to get some more reps into KO. Um, yeah. I think a lot of us or some of the games I've been getting into were more on Levia to see how some of these new cards play in Levia. Uh, it doesn't seem like a lot of them slot in super cleanly, but I don't know. I'll leave that to Mansant's opinion to figure out how these new brute puzzles work. And I'll just sit there and saber combo them and move on with my life. So good luck. I think one thing that's kind of cool is you can now actually build a blue base full of sixes. If you want, if you're playing KO, you can play 20 sixes at blue if you want. Yeah. Now your deck can be consistent enough to play in a tournament. Wow. What a concept. And the, the new gloves are very strong as well. Mm-hmm. They three block or two block with temper. And then you get plus a might token whenever you block. So when it's kind of worth five value, if you get a might token each time you block with them. So pretty strong. Yeah. Okay. That sounds like a good closing thought, unless you have any final, final words to, to go off on our heavy hitters, initial thoughts. Uh, I'm excited to see what the set does. It's going to shake up constructed, going to shake up, or, well, of course, it's going to shake up limited. It's a new, it's a new limited format, but yeah. Well, that's all I got. Okay. Sounds good. Well, remember the next time you're not drafting Reinar in your next heavy hitter draft pool. Always remember, mind your man.